0: Welcome to the Painting Experience podcast for July 2015. On the podcast, founder Stuart Cubley explores the potential of the emerging field of process arts and shares inspiration from his ongoing workshops and retreats. In this episode, Stuart tells part one of his own story how he left his path as a scientist to follow a call that led him first into the Alaskan woods and then to the discovery of the painting experience. People often ask me how I got started in the painting experience and was I originally trained as an artist and where did it all begin? And I must say it's been a rather roundabout route because my original training was in math and physics. And I had really no connection with art, no training in art. And as a student, uh, often, I have to admit, felt a little prejudiced against artists because they seemed to be rather foreign to me in terms of what their intentions were. And, And secondly... They would sometimes hang around the student union building looking a little grubby and self important, and certainly just not part of my milieu, and could not understand what art was all about. So, had really no personal connection to painting or art whatsoever. And it was in my late 20s when I hit a brick wall. I was a year away from my PhD in geophysics studying at the Geophysical Institute, which is part of the University of Alaska in Fairbanks. And I had the realization that was creeping up on me for some time, but finally I could no longer ignore it, which was I just wasn't interested. The life of continuing to be a scientist and what that entailed and the details of that just utterly bored me. And part of the handwriting on the wall was that I had found myself much more interested in the lives of the scientists and the creative process by which they made the discoveries, rather than the details of the math and of the science itself. And I literally reached a dead end because I just could no longer do the work. I would go to my office in the morning and just found that I could not focus and was utterly bored by it and made the decision to leave. And this was a fairly radical turning point for me, given the number of years and amount of investment that my parents and I had made in developing this livelihood and this career. And I decided literally to stop and one day walked into the director's office uh, at the institute and announced that I would be leaving. And in effort to dissuade me, he began to tell me about a recent study that he had read that by the time you reach 30 your brain cells are starting to deteriorate. It's downhill after that. And if you're going to make a contribution to science, you'd better do it now or forever regret your decision. I actually took this as encouragement, and it made me feel even more so that I was needing to make this decision. The the difficult part was that I had no alternative. It wasn't as though I was leaving one course of study for another opportunity. I had built a cabin outside of Fairbanks, off the grid, off the road. And what I really felt attracted to doing was going and living in this cabin and to be alone because part of the attraction was the solitude, the the quietness, the simplicity, and just a chance to get off the merry-go-round. A chance to stop this rather insane rush towards creating a life and to take stock of actually who I was, what my feelings were, what I was really attracted to, and what i felt like doing so i essentially disappeared into the woods and spent the next three and a half years living by myself in this cabin and i have a memory of the beginning of the winter and we'd gotten our first snow and i invited my graduate school buddy and i gave him all my books and all my notes from years and years and years of studying the mathematics and the physics and all of the science courses, and I piled his toboggan high and lashed all these books down onto the toboggan and watched through the window as he slowly pulled it down the trail. And it felt like I was watching my life as I knew it go down that trail. And I was left with this incredible excitement of being naked and alone and without a plan in my own cabin Of my own making in the deep forest in northern Alaska and encountering the unknown in a very exciting way. I did live very simply. I was vegetarian at the time. I grew my own sprouts and made my yogurt, baked my bread, and was able to give special care to the details of living without feeling rushed. And I could spend hours sitting in my rocking chair by my wood stove with my cup of tea, looking out the window, paying particular attention to the changing seasons, to the light changing during the day, the environment, the weather, as well as my own internal states. And this became really my focus during this time, which is, I found that I was not interested in distracting myself through reading, through radio, through news. In fact, I didn't even have a radio. I spent a lot of time with yoga and becoming really physically sensitive to my body as well as to meditation. A lot of time spent in the woods on skis and snowshoes and hiking, maintaining The cabin was also a full-time job, really, because I heated with wood. And to do that, I would have to go into the woods and find dead trees and cut them down and pull them back on a sled to the cabin and cut them up and split them. I melted snow in the winter because there was no water source there. carried water in the summer. Just found myself living as a young man in a pioneering spirit that was very exciting, felt very fulfilling. Even though I had no idea what was going to become of the rest of my life, I knew during this time that I was doing the right thing. And I felt grounded. I felt in touch with my environment, I felt in touch with my internal environment. I would sometimes go a month without going into town. I really didn't need much. I had little savings from the university, and so I didn't need to work. And I would sometimes go weeks without seeing another person, which really suited me at the time because I found that in that solitude, I was able to open among the trees and the local animals and the safety of this little woods where I knew no one was really going to drop by unexpectedly, which was very rare that they did, that I could afford to open up and to be myself in a way that I had never been able to do in my life. So there was something really satisfying about finding this sanity, living in a way which became really clear to me, which was much more sane than living amidst the pressures of so-called society. And I felt like, okay, I'm going to become some weird Alaskan hermit for the rest of my life. I mean, I couldn't see myself ever doing anything else. And that scared me a little bit. I was kind of worried about what I was going to become. But of course, Alaska is full of uh, eccentrics. It's actually sort of expected and even celebrated in Alaska. And uh, those sorts of people, my sorts of people, were attracted to that. And I. I felt very at home with it. My parents thought I was kind of going off the deep end, I'm afraid, but they really tried to support me in the best way they could. But of course they didn't understand. And I found that I wasn't even able to read during this period. Reading was a distraction that pulled me away from myself in most cases. Even spiritual books, I found to be disturbing because they seemed to be kind of a crude injunction to improve. And I was tired of improving. I didn't want to improve. I wanted to be with myself. I wanted to be with actually what was happening rather than trying to get somewhere. My whole life had been going somewhere, and now I'd stopped. And so I found reading to be pulling me away from myself in most cases so the attention became very inward and there were definitely dark times that arose there were times when i really didn't trust what i was doing and felt that i was some weak wimp hiding from life in the woods and unable to cope and there was of course dealing with a lot of self-judgment and lack of trust both in myself and in my actions. And I think that this was really the essential question that brought me into the woods in the first place, which was, could I trust? Could I trust my ability to live on my own? Could I trust my ability to be in the wilderness? But deeper than that, it was really, could I trust my own being? Could I trust myself? Could I trust my own feelings? Could I trust my ability to meet whatever situation arose? Could I trust myself to be sensitive? These were all questions that were with me during this time and were answered experientially just through my being alone. And so I continued to live this very simple life for many years in this little cabin that was only 10 feet by 16 feet. It was built according to uh, a sacred ratio called the golden mean. And it was tiny. It it had a little porch with an overhang for my um, loft, sleeping. But it was really, really tiny. But I felt like I could spend the rest of my life there. But then during the spring of my fourth year something started to shift and the cabin started feeling small. I resisted it at first but it became pretty clear that something needed to change and I realized that there was a force that had pulled me into this experience. There was a there was an internal attraction and a draw to kind of go into this cocoon-like existence And now there was a force that was wanting me to push out of it. It was time to leave, at least in my mind, for a visit. I thought, okay, I'm going to go and explore the world a bit and then come back to my safe abode in my little forest here outside of Fairbanks. And I was sitting in meditation one morning prior to leaving and I had a vision and I had no idea what it meant what to do with it and i forgot it very quickly and it was only years later that that this vision uh, was remembered and of course then made a lot of sense but in the vision i was in this rather large room with a lot of people and there was color everywhere there was this brilliant color coming from all sides and there was an amazing energy in the room there was something going on that was very, very exciting. But as I say, I, I had no context for this, and so immediately, I'm sure, just forgot it. And a few weeks later, shouldered my backpack with my tent and sleeping bag so I could be self-sufficient, and I headed down the trail to the road. I must say, the metaphor of this moment was not lost on me to feel myself now leaving this little cabin behind me and my little woods and the transformation that that really had represented and to be entering the world again, but from a very different perspective. I felt like I was a blank slate and, and now I was ready to be written on. I'll continue this story on the next podcast. Stay tuned. You can learn more about the painting experience and find a list of upcoming process painting workshops by visiting our website at www.processarts.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. The theme music for this podcast comes from Stefan Jacob. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join us again soon.